I'm Tara. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup for the 2021 season. And it is the third weekend of Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy November. But I will say I felt less guilty about it this weekend. Right. It felt like this is now the appropriate time to be thinking about the Christmas season. And with this weekend, we had some movies that were trying a little harder that were that are. I mean, I was super excited be... about all of the, the weekend lineups because we have what we're going to be talking about tonight, which is Next Stop Christmas. Which we were very excited about because of the movie poster for it that has the lightsaber train. This was in my top, like, ones I'm most Lloyd. looking forward to, yeah. Um, but also a Mrs. Uh, a Mrs. Miracle Christmas was on. Which you watched while I slept. Because I love that series. I know, I haven't seen any of them, so I, I, I will have to just catch up on that in another day. And then we also saw the Gingerbread Miracle. And we had the Jordan Sparks one, too. And that Yeah, that one was cute. With what was the, the name of that? <laughs> Christmas Treasure. <laughs> there we go. Chris. We did, yeah, that one had a... The Gingerbread Miracle was a pretty memorable title, Next Top Christmas, but the, the Christmas Treasure was kind of a throwaway title. If we were doing a podcast on that one, which... We will not. not. Um, I would have some thoughts in the title review for that one for sure. But we did watch Next Stop Christmas. We sure did. And we are going to talk about Next Stop Christmas today because it is so like just looking at it, we knew this was the one we were going to do. Absolutely. And um, so let me give a little overview. The blurb. The blurbity blurb. The blurbity blurb. Blurb, blurb, blurb. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to let him cut that out either. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm sorry. We'll let the shame live. (laughs) Um, Angie wonders what life would be like if she had married an ex who becomes famous. When she finds herself magically transported into the past, Angie has a chance to relive that Christmas and learn what and who is truly important to her. Time travel movie. With a time travel train. (laughs) So we didn't have time to record our predictions ahead of time, but we did share them on Twitter in advance. So we're going to share them with you now, then give a rundown of the movie and tell you which of these came true. Yeah. So to start with, my prediction was that we were going to see Christopher Lloyd for less than five minutes of the movie, because even though he's the big name, um, it was going to be more movie, less him because he's getting up there in years. And I was thinking, no, there's no way that they're going to book him for this movie and not have him be throughout. So we were going to see a lot of him. But in particular, this is a Christmas magic kind of movie. And so he can't just be the conductor. He's going to show up as a background character or two. So that's my prediction. And then I predicted that there would be a nostalgic gift that would make someone cry. So not even just a nostalgic gift, but that it specifically would make someone cry. And then... I believed because I was thinking back to last year's A Christmas Carousel, where we had a character who was uh, alive in the past, but dead in the future. I think we're going to get another character who is dead in the future and that there's a missed opportunity. Maybe they could have done something about it. And then my final prediction is for the end of the movie, because I feel like with a time travel movie, you can't have the kiss be in the past timeline. The person has to travel all the way back to the present timeline, and then you'll have the the kiss. So there won't be any kissing in the past, only kissing once they return to the future. And I can't imagine that we are not going to have back to the future references in this movie. 
we have two cast members from the original Back to the Future. How could they not do it? So that was my big, bold prediction is we're going to get some Back to the Future nuggets in this. So forgive me for asking this. Um, Who is the second person that comes from the Back to the Future movie? Because I know Christopher Lloyd is in it. But who is the first? Marty's mom, Leah Thompson. She's the mom in this movie. I mean, I guess I figured if I was going to have to guess which of these characters was also in Back to the Future, it would have to be her because she would be the only person who was alive. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She she has the seasoned uh, career that would allow her to be in an 80s movie. Okay, we're going to pretend to go watch the movie we've already seen. Because we don't know how to edit this without pretending. Yeah, the chimes (laughs) like we went and watched the movie, so... Here are some chimes. All right. Those were chimes. Hey, I hope you had enough time to watch the movie during that chime interlude. So I'm going to tell you the plot of this movie and try to do this as succinctly as possible. So our movie stars Lindsay Fonseca as Angie and Chad Massey as Ben. There's also another guy named Tyler Grant. But even though he's the boyfriend for most of the movie, I didn't write down the actor's name. So Lindsay is a surgeon living, I guess, in New York City. And she is... Too busy surgeoning and not enough time with her family. So she is brushing her family off for yet another Christmas season. And she gets on the train to go home after a long shift at the hospital. She's on call for much of the holiday season and she's just not going to be able to make it home. And she is magically transported via Christopher Lloyd as the conductor into 10 years in the past, which she remembers as the greatest Christmas that she ever experienced, in particular because all of her family was together and it was before her parents got divorced and there were a lot of great memories, but also it was the Christmas that she um, was proposed to and said no. And she believes that she made the wrong choice and that if she were to go back and say yes, that that was the great love that she's missing out on because clearly she's been sent back into the past and she has a return ticket, but she can't use it because there's some sort of task she needs to complete in order for the ticket to be completed and filled in so she can get on the train and go back to the current time or what is in that point, the future. So she spends a lot of time in the past seeing her family, talking to them, trying to keep her parents from getting divorced because she can see the pieces of that happening, watching her sister deal with fertility battles, even though she didn't realize it at the time that that's what was going on, um, why she never got her second niece or nephew, and also trying to figure out her feelings for Tyler, which, spoiler alert, not strong, right? They do, in fact, <laughs> no. get engaged. Um, and then she eventually turns him down and says that he's not for her because simultaneously she's remembering Ben, who she happened to have seen just before she traveled back in time and realizes that she and Ben were really close friends and that they had lost touch over the years and that he was a really great guy. Eventually, she realizes that Ben was actually the guy for her after she recreates her parents' magical first date at a holiday party and turns down Tyler and deals with all the stuff with her sister um, that's still not enough to get a return ticket wiped clean. But realizing that Ben is the true love for her and that she needs to be with him is what makes the ticket come fill in so she can go back home. And she calls him up as she's about to get on the train because it's leaving the station. And she says, you have to meet me in 10 years. I'll be there. Meet me at this place at this time. And he's rushing to meet the train and he watches the train go through this giant wormhole back into sending (laughs) Lindsay Fonseca back into the present day. And she 
gets off her shift at the hospital, does her surgery because she's on call and then goes to the meeting place in time. Ben is there. He's been waiting two hours for her because she's late, but he knows that she was going to be there and they had apparently been together this whole time. He proposes to her with a ring and they live happily ever after the end. Um, as you can probably tell from that really complicated summary at the end there, we're going to have some thoughts on how they wrap up this whole time travel yeah, love line. Yeah, that's going to be most of my snarks. But we're going to start with, well, first our predictions. We'll go through this yep. quickly. Um, I timed it. Um, so Christopher Lloyd was on screen for more than five minutes. I actually used a yes. stopwatch on our second viewing of the movie. <laughs> It took me several viewings because I kept falling asleep at the end. But he does show up for more than five minutes and he does show up in the background at the very end of the movie. So Austin's prediction technically was correct, even yes. though it was just at the very end where he showed up it in doesn't the background. Matter. He had lots of magic in that movie. There were plenty of Back to the Future references. There were a lot of movie references. More like nods than like direct references, I guess. But I don't know. I've not seen Back to the Future. And then um, there, so technically there was kissing in the past timeline because when Angie first realizes that she's on the train in the past, right? When she's first transported back, she's on the train, she's arriving in her hometown. Tyler is with her on the train and he thinks that they're still dating. It's the present timeline to him. And she kisses him to see if he's real. But... The true spirit of my prediction, <laughs> which is that the main love interest that they wouldn't kiss in the past time yeah. and that, they, that he would wait until they got to the future. That is true. They did you not right. kiss in the past. They kissed when she finally saw him. I in will the give you the point day. for that. So I do. I do want my point there. And then nostalgic gift that makes someone cry. There were several nostalgic gifts but because no she cried. gave the mom the dress to wear to the party. Um, which is not really a gift. She just kind of pulled it out of her mom's closet. That, no, it was in her room at her house. And the mom was like, oh yeah, I put that in there. I forgot about it. So Right. So she pulled it out and she gave it to her, but I wouldn't say. And then there was also the nostalgic gift of the, there was a box that has a frosty, a frosty. Yeah. on the top of it that Ben gave to um, Angie. Angie. And it had had a note in it, but she had missed the note that he was in love with her. Um, that was a nostalgic gift. And then he gives it to her when he proposes, but nobody cried in nope. either of those scenes. And you made so it very clear. It had to be both. The crying had to be there. So I do not get the point. So I want to see if you'll give me the point because I said that there would be a character in the future that's dead, that was alive in the past. And while maybe I was originally thinking it would be a person, it was definitely a dog. In it this was a movie. dog. Um, or their parents love <laughs> no, it was a it was a dog. <laughs> um, oh, but, but yeah, so it was basically like she didn't she fixed everyone's relationship, but she didn't hook up her doggy so that there could be like little puppies in the future. And I was very sad about. It. So like, can oh, I get yeah. a half point? There was a dead. Alive there's a dead character. dog. Yes, okay. there's, and you Thank can't you. really bring back a dead dog. There, no. ten years is a long time in the life of a dog. Clearly, and, Hallmark is like if they're dead in the future, they're they're gonna not. They have to stay dead. We're yeah. not doing any like corpse revivals right. or anything like that yeah all right so what did we spark with so in this delightful film i just need to be up front uh this movie really held up for me like i have lots it of met your expectations it met my expectations wow um i i knew it was going to be kind of silly it got a little heavy a few times but overall i really enjoyed this so i'm going to just say in general the time travel 
whimsy of this movie and the fact that it has Christmas magic in it, mm-hmm. which is something, I mean, we Real used to magic. have a segment say, was there Christmas magic? And we kept saying no and no and no. So we gave it up. We didn't do it as a segment anymore. Right. And so it's like, yes. And, and I knew there was Christmas magic because Christopher Lloyd said it's Christmas or Angie said, it's Christmas magic. That's what brought us together. Right. right. And, you know, I, I'm with you. I love whenever we get the speculative fiction types of films, whenever there's any sort of magical element, because it just adds a little layer of whimsy to the films. It sets them apart. It lets them play around a little bit with the love stories because they do get stale without those little magical elements. So I did appreciate that. And then, you know, Christmas trains, I guess people love trains at Christmas. It fits in with the holiday. <laughs> um I think also what I I think why I probably also had so much joy around this movie was the kind of strong nof- nostalgia vibe for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we have Back to the Future cast members. We also had just a lot of pop culture references throughout the movie, a lot of Star Wars references. This movie was a mix of The Polar Express meets Back to the Future meets The Parent Trap meets <laughs> Quantum Leap. <laughs> I mean, because it was like all of these really great like 80s uh, and I mean, I don't know well, when the, the original Parent Trap, parent trap was, was like the 60s. But then maybe? they did it. When was the Lindsay Lohan The Lindsay Lohan one was in the 90s. Okay. So like, but just so yeah, so what they did for, me. For, for those of you that haven't seen the film to get the parents together, um, she wanted to recreate the night they first met at this party. So she tricked her mom into wearing the dress that she wore that night. She found the same ancient carolers, like <laughs> period garb carolers to come to the party. She had her aunt the day of try to set all this up so that the mom walked in at exactly the time she met the dad. And then boom, they instantly are falling back in yep. love with each other again because all they're fixed. reminded of where it all began. We'll, we'll leave that for the snark part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I am getting into to snarks there a little bit. So I had minimal sparks in terms of like, I mean, yes, I love the general idea of the movie. Um, mine were more like super specific types of sparks. I have some super specific ones too. So let's share those. So, well, and I was going to start with the broadest and then kind of work my way to the more specific. So I love the male love interest in this. I loved Ben as a, as a love interest. I like that he was a little bit on the nerdier side. He's a lawyer. He's got the glasses on. Like, you know, I don't find myself falling for Hallmark hunks for various reasons, but He's one that I can get down with. And she's a surgeon (laughs) and he's a lawyer and he's in family law. He's a caring guy. She's had him in the friend zone, even though I hate that idea of the friend zone, but that's where he's been. But he, he was clearly the one for her. And I liked him a lot. I really believed in their friendship. Like they made it feel really organic or, and really natural. So the chemistry that they had, I didn't fully buy the romantic side of it. Oh, um, but I really bought that it was built on a strong foundation of knowing each other really well and a, a kind of intimacy that I want in Hallmark movies mm-hmm. between leads. So I could suspend my disbelief that. Well, and I'll get to my, my snarks on on that aspect. You know, we'll break that down a little yeah, bit. More. Ben was a it was a good character. And I, I really like Chad's um, portrayal of Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here's I'm, it's it's broad, but specific at the same time. The color palette of this movie. Oh, that was my specific one. Okay. <laughs> um, well, clearly we both really enjoyed just the visual aesthetic of this movie. It was really rich, really warm, but it was also jewel toned. Right. The jewel tone aesthetic. And I know our dear friend Summer will appreciate this because she also loves a good jewel tone. <laughs> a lot of like 
I don't know, like just different colors than where you, it's a lot of beige in yeah. Hallmark movies and, or, you know, the red and green, the tra- tra- traditional red and green, but this had a lot of jewel tones. Yeah, it wasn't like overly blown out in the lighting either. It let itself be kind of a darker movie. It, I mean, even the poster is one of the darkest mm-hmm. like colored posters I've ever seen from Hallmark. It looks like a Star Wars movie. Because it looks movie. like a Star Wars movie. Um, but it's like the there's like two specific images that I think about that represent the color palette that I just enjoyed. So one is the Christmas cocktail that Angie has the night after her surgery at the opening of the movie with her friend at the bar. It's this gorgeous red thing in a martini glass with probably some pine needles sticking out of it. I didn't really (laughs) see what the garnish was, but it was just this like beautiful in this dark pub. It was just gorgeous. And then the other one was Angie's like green teal i don't know like what is that color is it like a kelly green teal color what is it yeah like a like a teal tealy green yeah it's a tealy green coat and then just this like pink and the scarf that was with it was just Mm -hmm. this really beautiful like blue and pink Mm -hmm. and it felt christmasy but it wasn't overt christmas but there was still a lot of rich green and red and Mm -hmm. all of that so yeah i i definitely that was one of my big sparks um, the other, well, my little sparks, technically. My other little spark was the character of Chloe. Yes. I like the comic relief of her. So Chloe is, I don't even know who she is. Is she the aunt's daughter? Is she uh, just a town's person? I don't know. She's very over the top. She's comedic <laughs> relief in this. Um, and because at some point, Angie feels like the reason Tyler won't propose to her because she's trying to get him to propose and he's not proposing at the time that she remembered him proposing originally. So she says, it's Ben, right? I'm interacting more with Ben because Ben is the one person that she's told about the fact that she's time traveling. So she's talking to him a lot. She's like, Ben, I need you to fake date Chloe because then you will no longer be a threat to Tyler. Mm-hmm. So Chloe is all on board with fake dating <laughs> she's Ben. She's so good at it. She leans all the way into it and she is hilarious. She's and, so funny. Like, she's a minor character, but she played it so well. She and I would like crazy, to see more of her. She was had some real crazy energy at the start because they're like picking out a tree mm-hmm. at a tree lot and she's like oh i guess you could have this tree if you want i was thinking about it for aunt mert's party but uh, you, you know what just go ahead and take it and i was like oh gosh who is this girl and then it was like that energy got built into just this really cool side character and i was like i want to see more of her um and her earmuffs were also she a did character. have really cool earmuffs <laughs> one of my other really specific snark or sparks in this one was there was substantive snow mm. in the tree lot and in the gazebo where where snow it felt was more real. It it was like whether it was real or they just decided to do more fake snow because they had less big scenes with fake snow. There was still CGI snow, but it was like there. It was also like when they were outside, it felt like it was cold versus Hallmark cast members wearing jackets in the heat like feeling it like felt, they're, they're making a movie in the 80 degree weather right like there was something that they they captured and i think and the snow volumes were really nice for me yeah aesthetically it was a different feel for this one i think than some of the others we've seen and we appreciated that i have one more tiny spark tiny spark tiny spark so normally we have christmas tree lightings on christmas eve and that's <laughs> so silly this time it was just a star lighting so the tree had been lit the whole time, but it was they they lit the star on which Christmas is a, Eve, which is a good concept. Like that explains away 
Yeah. Why you would be doing it on Christmas Eve. We've exactly. been or like whatever is close to Christmas Eve. And exactly. We've been looking at our beautiful tree this whole time, but we've been waiting for that last little piece because it's not quite yet Christmas. Yep. I loved it. I want to segue that into a snark. Let's do it. Um, they all lost their mind over that little little tiny star <laughs> going up though. Like the dad was like, It gets me every time. And then they like they were like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And then the little kid, his eyes just went real big when the the star lit. And I was like, it's not that impressive. <laughs> I wonder what it was like to actually be there standing and being like, Is that it? Did it light up? Like Oh are- good. This uh ten inch plastic star is now glowing. Yay! Yay. <laughs> That's like what it felt like. Yeah, because it's like it's not like they had like a, a great song playing or you know, something to accompany it. They're just standing around and waiting for the moment. There's no countdown. Nope. It just bing turns on and they're like, Yay, now our <laughs> event is over. Okay. So where do you want to really get started with these snarks, Tara? Snarks? Uh, I want to go as linear, linearly as we can, though I know that that always falls off the Especially rails. Especially <laughs> in a time travel movie where we have to switch between... Right. We have different timelines. Yeah, we have a lot of timeline issues here. But let's start with an easy one. So at the beginning of the movie, she's going out for drinks with her friend from work and she sees Ben at this bar, and that's the bar they meet up with at the end. There is a sign in front of this bar that says all the menu, I guess, or the specials. <laughs> we, how would it's we like know? a whiteboard sign, and it's been blurred out. <laughs> like it was, its privacy has been protected. <laughs> Something I don't know why. Why would you use this sign? Why would you use a bar with that sign? It's, yeah, it's, it's like the front front of the the pub, right? It's like it's like on an easel standing outside yeah. of it, and it's it's like blurred, like three quarters of it, like one corner's kind of left unblurred yeah. because there wasn't a lot of writing in it's that corner. The weirdest thing. It's very obvious. It's very low budget. It's very strange that they chose to use that. And it's like they use that shot more than once in the film, so it's something you see right. if it's, you missed it the first time. It's in that shot on the first at the beginning and at the end when she goes back to see him there. So it's like. Yeah, that that sign is just sitting out there, that blurry sign sitting outside the bar. It was so weird. I think I want to talk about Tyler as a character. As a human being. As as a human being. So he's this famous sportscaster. Yeah, in the present timeline, he's he's already become famous, right? right. He's clearly successful. In the past timeline, he's trying. He's, he's about very to career be. focused. Yeah. He's about to be this famous guy. Because he's about to get his big break, right. which he does mm-hmm. right around the same time he's going to be proposing to Angie. So anyway, she's transported on the train and he's there. And immediately there's just a billion red flags. Mm-hmm. So the first one is that Angie is this neurosurgeon doctor, like beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And Tyler looks like a teenager from Riverdale. He's got eyes. And all hair. eyes. <laughs> and hair. <laughs> he just looks... Like he is playing a younger character. And I was like, I do not buy this at all. But Something also kind is of wrong. like a puppy. Like he has like a puppy vibe. Like an overactive puppy. Just like, go, go, go. Got to get the job. Oh, Got to yeah. do the thing. Okay. I was like, uh, aesthetically, no. <laughs> but vibe wise, yes, you're right. So. I got stuck in like, what what breed would he be? Um, obnoxious is probably the one I would find. It's an obnoxious <laughs> breed of dogs. Well, uh, I had snarks that were tangentially related to Tyler but like in the when they're staying at her parents house and I was just surprised that Hallmark still 
clearly he's not sharing a room with her. She has her bedroom. Right. She's in her bedroom. She gets up earlier than him one morning and she goes out to get hang out with Ben or whatever. And clearly Tyler's just off in some other room in this house doing his own thing. So we're definitely keeping to the like very PG vibe, even when they're all staying under the same roof at her parents' <laughs> right. house. They've got that old fashioned rule that he's got to sleep in his own bedroom. Yeah. And he also just was on his own all the time. Like he, so I don't know what person just leaves their ringer on and doesn't put things on vibrate, even when they're expecting an important call, when they're at big functions. And Tyler always had his ringer on. He's he's meeting Antmer, this legendary Christmas party thrower, and his ringer's on. And he doesn't even silence it when it rings. He just lets it sit on the table and ring. And then at the party, it rings as she's about to announce their engagement to everybody at the party. It was I was like, what human he does this? He is a this? jerk to her at the party and the way that he's handling everything and just like not even asking her things before he does them. And like the trip to Barcelona. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I want to celebrate us. I've got us two tickets to Barcelona tomorrow. Let's pack your bags and go. And I'm like, she is traveling from New York to her parents' house. Is she, does she have the proper clothing for this? Does she have her passport on her? Yeah. Like there are some logistics that I didn't matter even think about that. She would need to have her passport and it would need to be up to date and all of those other right. things. Like assuming it's still valid. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just Ooh, like, yeah, way to assume some things, bud. And then we find out it was actually because he's getting this big break to do this charity soccer event in Barcelona. So it wasn't even about. Yeah. I don't really blame him for being the way that he's being. Not I mean, if he was a strong, independent woman, I would be like, you need to focus on your career and deal with that man <laughs> later, you know? And so he needs to focus on his career, but also it makes her realize that there's other things about his personality that are not going to be compatible. In like the long when term. he ate all the donuts on the train car because he couldn't wait five minutes for her to come right. back. He is. He, they're trying to paint him as being very self-focused. But in his defense, they did spend a lot of this movie lying to Tyler. Um, you know, at some point they when when. Um, Angie decides that she wants to set up this fake dating thing. It's because Tyler didn't propose when she thought he would. So like, let's lie to him. <laughs> and that's the start of a healthy relationship. So they weren't much better on their side of things. I mean, that's fair. Um, Tyler also had one of the best worst quotes uh, mm -hmm. of any Hallmark movie. So they're coming to this realization, or Angie's come to the realization, Tyler is not for her. So she's going to break off the engagement. He handles it really well. Like mm -hmm. I would have expected him to fake cry or something. He probably just hops right in that taxi and is like, peace, Barcelona. <laughs> and so she's like, you deserve an amazing woman. He's like, I don't want an amazing woman. I want you. I want that like <laughs> on a t-shirt <laughs> or at least on like one of those little like square quotes that you could share on Instagram and be like, Hallmark, <laughs> I don't want an amazing woman. I want you. If it's you so ever say perfect. that to me. I, I don't even know what I would do. I would just you'd probably just laugh and be like, "Oh, that's from that movie ha, we ha, watched." Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> but they they also were uh, confused about her feelings for Tyler in general because Angie's sister at one point, you know, Tyler's kind of creeping around. So Angie's creeping around a lot with Ben because he's the one person she's told about her time travel thing, and she's talking to him a lot. And you know, Tyler's kind of looking out the window and he's a little bit jealous. And Very. Angie's sister walks by and she's like, if you're worried, don't be. They've always yeah. been like that. They've always been like that or whatever. Like 
she's like, don't be worried about that. There's nothing to worry about in whatever Angie and Ben are doing outside. Right. And then later in the movie, at the star lighting ceremony, mm-hmm. when the, Angie and Tyler have broken up, um, the sister finally shares the note that was left in the Santa box that's, that's from Tyler, or that's from Ben, that's like, you know, I will always be you into My heart you is or with whatever. You for, like for, with you forever. And Angie is realizing, or she's being told, basically, you're in love with Tyler, or you're in love with Ben. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I am in love with Ben. And the sister's like, yeah, we've all known this whole time. We've known that you're in love with Ben. So it's like, you can't have it both ways to tell Tyler you have nothing to worry about, but also we've all known all along that you are in love with Ben. Not even that Ben is in love with you or that you guys would be great together, but that, but specifically that you are in love with Ben. You just didn't realize it. So I mean, Tyler did have something to worry about. He did. and But you could see it as like a protective sister. Like clearly Angie has picked this hilarious Riverdale teenager to get married to. I'm going to support that. I mean, she's the you one who... You don't need to worry about her loyalties. I mean, she's, she's the one who be, hid yeah. the note from her because she said, I didn't want this to complicate things with right. you and Tyler. She gives a good explanation for that. But at the same time, she did nothing to try and make sure that her sister ended up with the person <laughs> she deserves. So, yeah. yeah. Tyler, Tyler, definitely not a likable character, but sympathetic at the same time. Right. In typical Hallmark fashion, right? Nobody's a true villain. They except just have that competing, one. except for the Twillins. Um, they just have competing focuses at that point, <laughs> that particular time in their life. In a similar vein with like saying one thing in one part of the movie and then completely forgetting that we've said it in a later part of the movie. Um, when the movie opens, Angie is talking about how the Christmas in 2011 or 10 years ago was the greatest Christmas ever. It was the last good Christmas, partially because her parents <laughs> were still together and she was with Tyler, who was a great guy, but also because she and her sister were attached to the hip and that they their relationship hasn't been the same since. Right. However, when Angie arrives at the house... It is clear, and the sister is very clear about this, that like they have not talked in a long time and that Angie is too busy with medical school, that they are drifting Mm -hmm. apart, that they're Mm -hmm. not close anymore. And she even says to somebody that she and Angie just don't have that kind of relationship. So either Angie just like completely misremembers what the relationship is. She had a realization in the movie of saying like, I didn't see these things that were there. I wasn't actually that close with my sister. My parents were on the verge of divorce. Like she was so oblivious because I, I and Hallmark she was, was so trying to, about herself. Right. But it was like Hallmark was trying to paint the fact that like she went to med school and became a neurosurgeon as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Right. And she's a great neurosurgeon, but yeah, they're totally sweeping this wonderful career under the rug. And it's like, she should have just been doing Christmas with her family, <laughs> not doing surgeries <laughs> to save people's lives. <laughs> But I I still think that that memory is like way off base. Yeah. I mean, it was clear. She's like, if you ever called me. But I mean, I will say I did believe they're like repairing. Oh, yeah. The repairing was great. Like clearly that that growth and character development was there, as I would expect in this kind of movie. I especially liked the scene where they were on the bed shoulder to shoulder looking up at the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And that was like, yeah, okay, here's a sweet moment. I, I give it credit for doing that. So I have a few baby snarks baby snark do 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 do. baby snark i'll start with the parents photo so there's this whole recreating the first time they met 30 years ago Mm -hmm. and um 
we made we made a snarky comment on Twitter about that dress didn't look like it was from 30 years ago. And we're corrected by the costume designer himself that it was. So I will take that one. Back. I know. I know. Yeah, we ate our own words with that one. But what I will not take back is the fact that the parents photo from 30 years ago looks like they took it the same day they were shooting the film. Mm -hmm. The parents, they didn't do anything in editing to make <laughs> it look like they were younger at all. No. It was like, oh. And that dad looks particularly old. Like he would have looked very different 30, 30 yeah. years prior. Like, I don't think they even color treated his hair. And he's like, gray. So anyway, it was, it was like, um. And they use this photo as a reference point a lot of like, look how happy you were 30 years ago. And I mean, old. yesterday. <laughs> you looked 60. Who's time traveling now? So that that's one of my baby snarks. My baby snark is a scene at the beginning of the movie where they are decorating the Christmas tree at their house. And it is Angie with her family and they, and Heinrich is the little nephew, the, the sister's son. Um, and they decide that Heinrich gets to put the first ornament on the tree. They show the lighting of the tree. There's no ornaments on it. They give they show a couple ornaments being held up. They give Heinrich one and he goes to put it on the tree. And then suddenly as he's placing this ornament on the tree, you can very clearly in the shot, see that there are several ornaments around this one on the tree that have just magically appeared on the tree. <laughs> and it is not the first ornament that's being put on the tree. And not only that, I don't know if you noticed. So, um, Leah Thompson gives him an ornament mm -hmm. that is multicolored. And that's not the one that and he, that's puts not the on one the he actually ends up putting on the tree. That one's already on the tree in I the camera shot. So now he's switched to this like red classic Christmas ball. Uh-huh. And I was like, what time travel? Time travel. It was a there was I a didn't time travel the moment rules. there too as well. That like, oh, and now we've already half decorated this tree. I have two more baby snarks. Okay. All right. One is, so Angie gets this ticket from this. She doesn't, the machines are too slow. So uh, Christopher Lloyd lures her over and says, come here with his old agey hand and sells her this. His old agey hand. <laughs> I mean, it's this weird shot of his hand. Oh yeah. There was a creepy hand. I remember tweeting about that. I was like, Ooh, like the little finger is like finger was like luring her. Yeah. And I was like, don't go. <laughs> yeah. It gross. was like, it, it wasn't magical. It was kind of creepy. Yeah. And he's in this old timey booth looking thing. And he sells her this golden ticket. So it's like a Willy Wonka style ticket. She takes it down to the train terminal. The person on the, the platform is like, ticket, please. Because they do that in these kinds of trains. And he, she hands it to him. And she's like, what is this? She's like, oh, I think it's a holiday promotion. He's like, oh, I wish people would tell me things. And says, okay, go ahead and go on. Isn't your whole job to stop counterfeit tickets and non-ticket riders for this train, young man? Like, Come on. I, I worry about the security and the train system in the city. Well, clearly, because she went on a no time scanners, travel train. Nothing modern. Yeah. <laughs> um, my other baby snark, and I think this will take us to our final big snark, which is the end of this movie. So we're at the party, and the big reveal is Leah Thompson's character comes out in her dress from 30 years ago. She looks stunning. She gets the dress reveal. And granted, she looks stunning. But then Angie just kind of like pops out and Angie's dress is actually one of the most beautiful it Christmas dresses. It was a beautiful dress. I have ever seen in a Hallmark Christmas movie. And it was just like, burr, burr. Mm, this <laughs> is the secondary dress in this scene. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, she deserved an entrance. But also um, the friend, Chloe. 
yeah. um, had on like a white high low like dress and then black tights underneath it. Her outfit was kind of weird. I, when I was watching it the second time, I was like, oh, that's a choice. And I don't know that it's the right one. But it felt right for Chloe. It does seem like the kind of thing that she might wear to this kind of party. But And this was Aunt Mert's party. And I have to say, I wish I got a little bit of more Aunt Mert. She seems kind of like a mob boss character. I know. Something, she's got some connections she, in that I mean, town. the fact she pulled those curlers out from 30 years ago it's, on day of She's notice. like, some of them are filing for Medicaid by now. And I was like. That, then they were actually pretty young 30 years ago <laughs> for, for being carolers in costume like that. All right. Let's talk about the big snark here. The end. Which has to tie up all of these time traveling things. So let's start with she's figured out how to get home, which is that Ben is the love of her life. I think this is a good starting point. Well, and she point. even says it wasn't just Ben, it was all of it, right? She had to do right. all of it. So she, and she Ben was like the last piece. So she's done all the things that she needed to do. She is now free to go home. Right. And, you know, she went with it because Christopher Lloyd was like, it's Christmas, just go with it. So anyway, her ticket's filled in. She calls Ben up and she's like, I have to go. Christopher Lloyd's like, get on the train because it's time to go. The wormhole is opened. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, wait, when will I see you again? And she's like, I'll meet you in 10 years at this place. At the restaurant, the bar. Right. Now, remembering that they didn't lose touch until like very recently in the future timeline. So she could have just said, just call me tomorrow and convince me that I'm the love of your life. Like she wanted future self was like, ah, past self can't get ha- have anything. It has to just be me. Well, so, and can I pause here yeah. and say at this point, before we had the actual end of the movie, I was like, I always feel so sad for the poor dude that has to wait 10 years for the love of his life to right? come back to find him. So I'm thinking about how are we going to, to explain away how this guy just like, waits for her right that he knows that she's time traveled he knows (laughs) that she's going to be there 10 years in the future does he just like date random tinder girls for a while and have no strings attached does he fall in (laughs) love with somebody else but then have to break up with them to go meet her it's a very strange position for him to be in and i actually would watch that movie to see how that goes down that's an interesting premise fan Um, fiction please but it doesn't matter because austin how does it end so she's going through a wormhole and y'all we actually see a legitimate wormhole it was open. awesome it was like swirly fiery magic around this whole train ben pulls up just in time to see the train pulling through it so he's witnessing this craziness and goes oh shucks i mm-hmm. missed her instead of like oh my god it's a wormhole mm-hmm. she wakes up on the future train she goes quickly to a surgery sh- surgery she forgot she was scheduled for sorry for that patient and then goes to the bar to the pub Goes up to the bartender and says, why are you closing? He's like, it's Christmas Eve. Business is slow. And then the bartender just lets her go. And then Ben calls. She doesn't seem to recognize the number. And Ben's sitting over on the side. He's like, our salads are getting cold. Which salad should already be cold. Who orders a warm salad? (laughs) Who? But then he he proposes. We have he the proposes. whole proposal scene. Also, I think the reason that she forgot about the surgery, she was on call. So she didn't even know there was a surgery. Gotcha. So, but she was not in contact when they were trying to contact her. Um, but yeah, so Ben 
proposes and then she kind of taps her head and she's like, oh yeah, it's all coming back to me because the implication is Mm -hmm. that they've actually already been together for all this 10 years. So we don't know exactly what, when, how, or why, but Ben knew that she was the one for him. So you can kind of see him thinking it when the train goes through the wormhole. He's like, I don't have to wait 10 years to meet this girl. I can call her up Mm -hmm. and and start this, right? She still exists in this timeline. So they date. They he, they find each other for ten years, and I guess for ten years because he talks about that the family has been pushing for this engagement for ten years. So they wait to, for ten years to get engaged. For people that are whatever age these people are, they date even though they've been childhood friends, they've known each other forever. They wait ten years, that's a lot of years to get engaged. So that's a snark right there. But then also, my whole problem with the end of this movie, he knows that she time traveled. He saw the wormhole with his very own eyes. In the future timeline, when they return, he seems to have no memory of the fact that this is the place they were supposed to meet 10 years in the future, that she had time traveled. Not at all. There's something that he says about like, when she says something about 10 years, he's I can't believe you waited 10 years. He's he's like, like, now you've lost me. You've lost me. Like he doesn't know what she's talking about. He does not remember that this is the 10 years in the future where they were going to meet. He has just completely forgotten that she's time traveled. And then she's, I guess, going to slowly forget that too and remember, have her memories back from the time they've all been together, that this is like melded into a third timeline where the other two don't exist, maybe. But I needed a little more, I needed a little more to feel comfortable about this I wanted him to be like, the reason I've waited 10 years to propose to you is because I needed to have all of you. I needed to have the version of you like coming from the other timeline. And so I know you've been on me for like dragging my feet. But now you're back and now we can do this or like, oh, my you God, know, it's that. like, yeah, like, why am I not writing these movies? What? Tara, that's like the perfect ending right there. You're right. It would have added all of five seconds to the film. They could have done it. It would have been amazing. Also, when she goes to this bar and the bartender like the, the, so. OK, let me let me back up. Ben has gone in on with the wait staff. They bring over this like covered dish and it is the Christmas frosty box. And in that is the ring. So the staff is in on it. When she shows up dressed to the nines and the bartender's like, yeah, sorry, we're closing. He's not like, oh, hey, yeah, your date's waiting for you over there. He was going to let that girl leave and miss her proposal. Not only that, she gets a phone call. Because it was Christmas Eve and they all wanted to go home. They were like, no, not even for a proposal. We're not dealing with this mess. You're two hours late. I think that's why they brought the ring out during the salad part of the meal. It was like, get out of here. Your proposal's done. Here's a box to go. Go home. It's Christmas Eve. And then when he calls her, I don't see the screen, but he's like, she's like, hello. Like she doesn't know who's calling her. And if they've been dating for 10 years, wouldn't his name be in her phone being like Ben Schnooky Poo or something? Your name is Austin Schnooky Poo in my phone. Is it really? No. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I think it was Austy Poo at it one It was Austy Poo for a while. And I asked you to, to, it's a weird picture of me, but they're like, there's no photo. It's just an unrecognized number. She's like, hello. Um, it's a picture of you as a baby deer. So uh, yes, right. it's a weird picture of you, but it's my favorite picture. of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is. That was a great Snapchat filter in a different era of my life. Anyway. So there's this unknown number and she's like, Ben, how'd you get my number? And I'm just like, if you've been dating for 10 years, your phone, you'd have it programmed in there. I don't understand that plot hole. He also could have just tapped her on the shoulder just as easily. Right. Didn't he just call out and go, Angie? He was like, oh, well, I guess I got a caller. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird choice there. Yeah. So 
And then they lived happily ever after, I guess. The end. They kiss, and then that's always the end of the movie. We find out very little, no no real resolution or anything there. <laughs> just the movie's over. So, Okay. Title review time. So Next the, Stop Christmas. Next Stop Christmas is the title of this movie. Austin, what would you call it? So one, I want to say I actually like the title of this, so it can it can have it. I'm not upset about it. But if I had to come up with an alternative title, it might be like uh, Commuter Christmas or something. Because she just keeps falling asleep during her commutes and waking up on time travel trains. Mine would be Back to Christmas Future. Oh, okay. You win. <laughs> or uh, Back to the Christmas Future leap. Christmas. Christmas leap. Or the Polar Christmas Christmas past. <laughs> um, what are the what were the other movies? The Christmas Trap. <laughs> so you know, just taking movies titles from other movies. Yeah, because there was also a Christmas Terminator in reference in there. So like Christmas Terminator, Christmas Terminator. <laughs> yeah, Back to Christmas Future or Christmas Past would be a great. But those are great ones. Winner, hands down. Thank you, thank you. Um, back to. Uh, what next stop Christmas? Here comes baby. <laughs> next stop Christmas. Well, bells no, are to, ringing. If you knew more about Back to the Future, you'd know that there are several options that we could go with. Like they just did one, two, and three, but it would be there's a cowboy themed one because they go to the old west. Yeehaw! So just Back think about like Christmas. that Yeehaw. movie, <laughs> a western Christmas. <laughs> Um, and then our next thing that we do at the end is we say, will this love last? Yes. I do think this love will last. I agree. They've been together for 10 years. We do Plus. see in the movie that it does last, right? And they've been friends <laughs> right. for a long time. I like him. I like her. They both have careers. They both yep. are their own people. They've figured out through also dating other people that they want to be together. Yes, I think this is a healthy love. And I think it has a solid chance at lasting. Especially because like Christmas magic made it happen and made her not be able to go back to her future you don't mess with christmas magic it is binding right her her ticket became whole again because she decided she loved him so we know because the christmas gods decided that the christmas god christopher lloyd he's he's a plural entity all right when would you watch this movie tara all right i would watch this movie on december 5th why december 5th it's a sunday night in the post Thanksgiving lineup, but still a little early in the Christmas season because it's not going to be in that like week leading up to Christmas or anything, but it's enjoyable enough where I think it could have like a Sunday night spot in December. I agree. I felt like this should have been a Sunday night movie. I've, I've, I don't know why. I feel like our Saturday movies need to be more of the classic romance thing. This one was so much fun. I'm so glad it was our Saturday movie, but I agree. Early December Sunday movie. This would be a great way to end and close out a week and start your next one. And then finally, how many sparks and how many snarks? So we generally do it out of five, but we also have no system that means anything. Mm -hmm. So I would give this like a four sparker for me. I would give it four sparks. I might even venture to say it's a five sparker because I did like, well, I mean, because I feel like their level lasted. It's not like, it's more of like a... A long burning coal than like a hot spark, you know. It's not like ooh, that's a that's a spark. It's more just like yeah, that's a warm hug for ten years. But it's also like for because the sparks for me is not just about the love; it's about the whole movie, right? And my feeling about the movie as yeah. well. So if if that's the angle we're going, then yeah, that's a solid four. So okay, four out of five sparks. And then how many snarks would you give it, Tara? 
Um, it's a three snarker. Yeah. I would say it's a pretty solid three. There's nothing. We struggled a little bit with being too snarky with this one because we actually liked it. Yep. Um, so there's always things we can pull out that are like, um, why? <laughs> Mark, like this is some <laughs> interesting choices in the writing. Uh, but for the most part, solid. Agreed. Well, those are our thoughts on Welcome Next up, back Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Welcome back, Christmas. <laughs> Welcome on back, Mr. Christmas. Like <laughs> Christmas Camp Nowhere. I don't know what this movie's called. Um, next is Christmas Lightsaber. <laughs> The last Christmas. <laughs> last Christmas. Apocalypse. I jumped in a train. <laughs> that being said, I've been Tara. I've been Austin. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Happy holidays.